American Road Trip Talk begins after this message. In western Nebraska, Sydney used to be known as the toughest town on the tracks. Today, Sydney is home to family-owned restaurants and vibrant downtown full of unique shops. Plan your trip to Sydney and learn more at visitsydneyne.com. The horizon is wide and the highway is calling. That means it's time for another episode of American Road Trip Talk. I'm your host, Gary Mance, with a welcome and an invitation to travel the byways and backroads of yesteryear, searching for America in every incomparable mile. Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen. Always glad to have you along for the ride and happy to be working alongside that we're separated by about 3,000 miles. But <laughs> through the miracle of Zoom technology, we have Nathan Miller, our producer, at the board. Today, then... The Western Antique Aeroplane and Automobile Museum, or WAM for short, is located in Hood River, Oregon, and it's dedicated to displaying restored cars and planes from the 1920s and 30s in two hangars. As Stephanie Hatch, who operates the museum, says, the items on display at this museum are not only full of history, they're full of life. This is American Road Trip Talk, and we'll visit with Stephanie to get the inside story of this fly-drive adventure right after this. There's room to roam around the scenic byways in southeast Idaho's high country, and it's a great time to get away and decompress. Did you know southeast Idaho is hot springs country? Come and relax in natural mineral water hot pools. Then visit one of their quirky museums, like the Idaho Potato Museum, the Museum of Clean, or the Butch Cassidy Museum. Go to IdahoHighCountry.org to plan your trip. You're sure to find your favorite way to disconnect when you visit Idaho. Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days. And I want to bring attention to a life-saving product called Alert Drops. Drowsy driving is one of the most catastrophic problems in America, and Alert Drops will stop it. What is Alert Drops? Alert Drops is a simple spray on the tongue made out of citric acid, sour lemon, and water. A simple spray on the tongue, nothing in your system, and you're naturally awake, naturally alert. Go to alertdrops.com. Very important. Go to alertdrops.com and stay safe. Adventure, history, and beauty all await you on the Natchez Parkway, a national scenic byway and national park. This 444-mile drive takes you through some of the country's most stunning landscapes while also allowing you access to exciting communities along the way. From Natchez, Mississippi to Nashville, Tennessee, we invite you to explore the trace and discover America. Plan your trip at scenictrace.com. That's scenictrace.com. Get inspired every hour right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to American Road Trip Talk. We have an opportunity today to find somebody uh, in our sights. I just couldn't help but set up this interview. Stephanie Hatch is with the Western Antique Aeroplane and Automobile Museum. They don't at all mind if you go there saying, is this the wham? They use it strategically. And I say enthusiasm because Stephanie Hatch, who operates the museum, communicates the kind of joy in what she does that invites people to come visit for themselves. So we greet for the first time on American Road Trip Talk, Stephanie Hatch. Stephanie, we're glad to have you with us today. Glad to be here. 
I tell you, Stephanie, it's not just hype. I was doing a little show prep last night, got to get ready for each episode. And when I did, I found a news report, televised news report about the museum, and you were there to guide people through it. It was a lot of fun in and of itself, and I think less than three minutes. But what you communicated of your enthusiasm for your work and what it represents can't fail to succeed. You really know how to bring it. Yes, yes, that's what we always go for. You know, the Western Antique Airplane and Automobile Museum, a lot of people haven't heard of us, um, but that's okay because we're working on getting the word out. We appreciate you uh, letting us tune in and uh, be on the show today. Oh, absolutely. And having said that, let me ask you the most fundamental of questions. Who came up with the idea, bright as it is, airplanes and cars from a certain era and in all their vibrant color, no less, how did you get it started and when did you get it started? Yes, we opened the museum up in September of 2007. Uh, we started out with a handful of airplanes and cars. Now we're up to three and a half indoor acres of displays with over 400 airplanes, cars and motorcycles. Um, we like to focus on the golden age of transportation and aviation. So teens, 20s, 30s. Although the cars do get up into the 50s and 60s with those muscle cars, because those those are really cool, too. Uh, the museum is extra fun because we're a living history museum. Nearly everything that folks can see out here still flies and still drives. And we do regularly take them out and get them going. You know, you talk about automobiles and you say the 50s and 60s, Stephanie. I thought I spied a Studebaker Avanti that looked to be in prime mint condition were my eyes deceiving me you are correct we do have a studebaker avanti and in fact we have recently started expanding into some of the more modern supercars as well uh so we we've just got all kinds of fun at the museum now mm -hmm. i thought i'd mention the studebaker because in my fantasy life if money were no object i would love to get a mint condition avanti and if I ever win the lottery, I'll be in contact. So if you want to unload that someday, I'll be happy to take <laughs> possession of it. There's just there's something to be said for style. And the style bespeaks the era into which it was born. And that's what I see at your museum, the airplanes and also the cars. And now you're even talking about motorcycles. And I think you might have a Jeep or a tractor there as well. Yep. Yep. Yes, indeed. We cover airplanes, cars, motorcycles, trucks, uh, military vehicles, all kinds of fun. Uh, the neat thing about having the combination of cars and airplanes is a lot of people, you know, they might not be pilots. They might not know these little aircraft, but they do know automobiles a lot better. I mean, most all of us have gotten in a car at the very least, whether it's an old car or a new car. Uh, and having the like year automobiles next to like year airplanes just helps make the whole collection pop. So you get to see what the car styling was doing in the 1930s and what the airplane styling was doing then too. You know what, kudos for that. And you anticipated me, Stephanie, because my next question was going to be and is, who came up with the idea of having the planes next to the automobiles and vice versa? Because you really get that double dose of history when you go there. And if you're if you go there for the airplanes, good for you. And if you go there for the cars, you won't be disappointed. But putting them together creates a historical tableau. Yes, yes. It's very nice having the combination because it helps make things come alive. 
So not only do you see the airplanes and cars, but we have transportation asides, for lack of a better term. So the stuff you would have taken on a road trip back in the 20s or 30s, you know, uh, the, the cameras or toys or other automotive history that would lend itself to helping tell that story uh, in addition to the large objects that we have on the collection. So it's all about, you know, promoting our, our working history, our living history and our roots and where we've come from. You know, there have to be some people there. I know my share of private pilots. And one of the questions they might have is, will there come a time when you'll actually be putting those planes back up in the air and how can they go on an air, aerial tour? Because to do that, it, Hood River, Mount Hood country, that section of Oregon, as with all of Oregon, it's just gorgeous. How about seeing it from the air, but still close up and personal? Absolutely. So we have a whole crew of volunteer pilots because our, our displays aren't static. We fly the airplanes. Uh, in fact, on the second Saturday of every month, we open up the hangar doors to fly and drive some of our collections so people can see and experience that themselves. Now, right now, we only have one airplane we're allowed to give passenger rides in, mm -hmm. uh, but we do scenic flights uh, around the Columbia River Gorge uh, in a 1930 new standard biplane. It's one of those fantastic bright red early barnstorming airplanes. Uh, and it's always a great, great time to get up and see the country from the air in that thing. Do you have to go, do you have to jump through some bureaucratic hoops in order to secure permission to do more and wider tours? Uh, yes. So the FAA is fairly well involved, as, as one can imagine. Uh, just similar to how the DMV is really involved in licensing our automobiles, mm. the FAA uh, is a little bit more overbearing because, you know, you're up there in the sky in an airplane and we want everybody to be safe and A-OK. -okay. Uh, so that's why we only do the one aircraft for rides. But the other aircraft in our collection do get up. They do fly. Uh, in fact, we just finished our Fourth uh, of July flyovers here in town. We do that, you know, Memorial Day with our World War II aircraft that we have, Fourth of July as well. Uh, so it's great to be able to see these old antique aircraft up up and about uh we it doesn't matter if it's a 1917 world war one curtis jenny uh or a world war ii l bird uh we we get them up we get them going everything in between how about the old piper cub oh yeah so our piper lineage that we have here on display is fantastic we actually start out with a taylor j2 taylor and piper were uh co cohorts together before they decided they didn't like each other at all <laughs> Uh, so, so we go straight up from that early, early Taylor aircraft all the way to the standard classic uh, Piper J3 Cub. And uh, we even have a three-cylinder radio-powered Piper, one of the Papoose ones. So it's a, that's a really fascinating part of our collection to see here. In addition to that, Stephanie, and I don't know exactly how to describe it, I, I saw it and I was very happy about, wow, what a great plane in great condition. It's stylish even today. But I have to tell you that this particular plane that caught my eye as I was watching the video of the story in which you were the starring participant, it looked like something you would have seen in Casablanca. Mm -hmm. So which one your favorite I, one? I think it was, uh, well, it was, it was the yellow one. <laughs> it was the yellow one where it's like you would be, it, it had a door that was shaped in an oval an oval pattern where it looks like something you would jump in and out of, you know, that something from back in the days of uh, early World War II when the the storm skies 
over the world were threatening us with all of the uh, anticipation of a world war. And yet this plane looked like something that Humphrey Bogart might have climbed into. Yes, I think you're talking about our twin twin engine Beechcraft, that beautiful big yellow one that's by our movie theater. Uh, that is a gorgeous airplane. Uh, in fact, that particular style was used uh, for some early Neiman Marcus Christmas catalogs, if you can believe that. You could buy a his and hers edition. Uh, came with came with the uh, commemorative glasses and the poker chips and the whole shebang. See, that plane and others like it have a connotation of romance, this idea yes. of a sort of generalized nostalgia, even if you weren't alive at the time. Mm-hmm. Very true. Uh, we always like to say the museum is a blast from the past. You want to go back in time? It, this is a great place to come and experience history for yourself. Uh, our living history that we have is is amazing. And not only being able to see it, but experience it, get a ride in it. Uh, that's that's what truly makes this museum shine. Now, you did say a moment ago something about a movie theater. I didn't know that was on the premises. Yes. So of of our airplanes that we have in the collection, one of them back in 1995 flew off an eight story building right in the middle of downtown Portland. Uh, National Geographic filmed that flight. We play the video that they made in our video theater that we have on uh, on site here. Uh, and that just helps give people a flavor of what we have in the collection. Because a lot of times people walk in and they don't realize that we're a living history museum. And we go, well, you see that that airplane hanging up in the lobby, which we can take down really easily to fly again. Uh, and they say, yeah, yeah, I see that airplane right there. It doesn't look like much anything, you know, wings and a wicker chair for a seat and, and a steering wheel. And they go, that that flies that actually flies and i go yeah in fact it flew off a building on purpose in the middle of downtown portland it's it's just amazing stuff yeah i mean two hangers worth i want to get to acquisition in a moment but i don't want to forget to ask you because it's a quirky fun way to market if you ask me the wham idea w followed by three a's and an m you've managed to turn that into a handy reference for people who show up and think they're going to tease you about that acronym yep yes indeed so our name is a bit of a mouthful it's the western antique aeroplane and automobile museum usually we just say wham because when folks come in and come through the door you get hit in the face with an awesome collection so it is a bit of a wham when you when you get here. Uh, so we usually like to call us the Wham Museum or the Wham Air and Automobile Museum because it's just a handy, handy catch all to really encompass what we have when you can't say the whole name out. <laughs> and uh, Stephanie, now when people come and they try to spring that Wham reference on you, do they act like they're the first ones to think of it? Yes. Yes, they do. <laughs> but that's OK, because, you know, great minds think alike. And there you uh, go. Uh, we we always love sharing, sharing what we have with folks. And and it really is a wham when you come in through that doorway um, Our from the freeway or from the building out front. We look very assuming. I mean, we're a giant hangar building. Uh, that's because we went for maximum square footage that we could get for our display space. Um, uh, so it's not like there's, you know, big old posters out front or anything crazy like that. It just looks like an airport hangar and you come in and holy cow, what do we have? 400 airplanes, cars, and motorcycles. My goodness. Yes. And the hang, I've seen pictures of the frontage there, hangers for sure, but in a way that seems to speak to an earlier time. Yes. It carries its history and its appearance to people who are driving in to take a look. 
Yep. Yes, indeed. In fact, one of the first things that visitors see when they come to the museum is the old uh, twin tunnels, uh, excuse me, twin trails theater sign, uh, drive-in movie theater that was here in Hood River. Uh, it closed up shop in the early 2000s, uh, and we rescued their uh, vintage theater marquee that they had out front. And now that's our marquee that we use for the building. So you already hit history before you even get through the door. I love that because there's a sense of being respectful of history and very conscious of the effect that you and your colleagues are trying to create. It's not just a, a couple of hangers the way you might look at a couple of sheds. There's obviously a lot of intelligence behind the creation of this project and its evolution, I should add. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, since the museum opened up in 2007, we've actually gone through three uh, separate and distinct building expansions to add to the collection because we just keep growing. Uh, it's a rather unusual situation where you keep this much living history up up and going and in action. Uh, of course, we always like to joke, you know, when you fly and drive things, they break and you got to fix them up again. And that's okay. Um, we, we want people to experience the history that we have here. And we've got full restoration shops to keep our fleet up and going. Uh, we do full restorations on automobiles and airplanes uh, here at the museum, in addition to the maintenance and upkeep on, on the fleet that we have. Uh, so sometimes when folks visit, they might be asked to help push a car around. Uh, sometimes when we have our event days, they might be asked to, you know, help change a tire if something goes wrong like that. Uh, you never truly know uh, what you're going to experience when you come to the museum, because there's always all kinds of action going on here. And that leads me to ask you, it seems like a natural place in our interview, Stephanie, to ask you, what's your interest in all this? Well, the success of the museum, but how did you get involved? Sure thing. So uh, when I went to college, I knew I wanted to work at a museum and uh, the timing was just right. And I figured, well, this is a wonderful place because I really love history. That's that's my MO uh, for anything. And not only do you get to have the history of transportation that we have here, but each individual ones of these objects that we have on display, they all share their own story, whether or not, you know, they were doing commercial airline tours in the 1930s over the Grand Canyon, mm -hmm. or, you know, a particular car was the first car ever registered in the Dalles, um, which is a local town here. Um, it really... Each of these objects, you can go on the large scale of where they fit in with history, or you can go the small scale of this particular thing and what is its story to tell. Uh, and we have so many of those wonderful stories throughout the museum uh, that people are able to experience uh, and get involved with. And I'm curious now to ask you about, because it's such an impressive collection, how did acquisition become handled at the level at which you operate because in watching the video yesterday and i encourage people to look up wham you could put wham w-a-a-a-m museum and it will take you there on youtube lots of great stuff there and stephanie is prominently featured as well thank goodness but when we talk about i couldn't find spots i was looking for anything that would be marred or anything where i would have to make an excuse like well take into account the fact that it's almost 100 years old whatever the place is gorgeous inside and out it just speaks history volumes and at the same time 
there has to be some quality control involved because I couldn't find anything that looked, for lack of a better term, like it was out of shape. Um, uh, the large part of that is because we can work on the collection that we have. Uh, upon occasion, something is donated to the museum that isn't quite up to par. You know, it doesn't run, it doesn't work, it needs a little help. Uh, and we're able to bring that back to life, uh, whether it's an airplane or a car. Uh, the airplanes always make me laugh, though, because sometimes we've gotten things and it looks like a pile of sticks. I mean, it's a flower trellis generously <laughs> um, uh, with an engine somewhere bolted on or maybe not even that. Uh, and we're able to bring these pieces back to life. Uh, the restoration crews that we have, we're all volunteer here. Seriously. Um, yes. Yes. It's a so labor we, of love. It is truly a labor of love. And some of these folks that we have. Because uh, when we restore something, we want to do it the way that they did it back in the day. So with airplanes, we're not going to, you know, go out and use some modern tool to do some crimp when back in the 1920s, they were doing a five-tuck Navy splice, which is just how you braid the wires for for something. Uh, so we're sitting there doing it just how they would have done. Um, we had a caboose donated to us, the back end of a caboose, uh, several years ago, way back in 20, I think it was 14. And we had the hand tools to build a section of a track at the museum and the local, the local railroad company came by cause they were the ones that were going to move the caboose here. And they went, Oh my goodness. You know, you could have borrowed our stuff. And we said, no, we got this. We're doing it. We're doing it old school. We're doing it the right way. And, um, and that's, that's one thing that's very important to us because when you have this living history, you want to respect the history that it has. And you want to make sure that when you restore something, you restore it properly and in the correct way. So that that's why everything just looks to the nines is because that's that's how we do what we do. That's a great philosophy because you make much, anybody going to the website, which we'll give momentarily, but you go there and you find that this really is living history. It's living fly history and it's living drive history. And now you've just explained to the listeners how it is that you're able to maintain that high level of commitment in order to keep these things in operation. That's the very definition of a living history. Yes. Yes, indeed. It's uh, something where, you know, things can't sit around and gather dust. We're constantly moving the museum around. So we have a lot of digital exhibits that go with our collection uh, just because you can't put 50 million signs in front of a car. If you're planning on driving that car tomorrow, Right. Uh, you got to be able to move that car around. You got to be able to move the displays around. Uh, so we always make sure that the things that we do are, you know, purposeful and intentional in a way that can preserve that history, show it off, uh, but also make it easy for us to move the collection around and take it in the Fourth of July parade, bring it to a car show to show off for people, that sort of thing. Which they would do gloriously. By contrast. When you've seen this on the news from time to time, it had to move you, Stephanie, to see how many formerly gorgeous and well-maintained planes are sitting out in the desert gathering a lot of dust. Yes. And I think, oh, my God, that, that inventory, and it's just out there exposed to the elements. Now, for someone yep. like you, uh, I think that would be a disappointment in a way, however necessary it is for that to be that way, given economic condition or maybe. They might be waiting for somebody to come and buy that stuff and stick it in a museum. You never know. Absolutely. You truly never know. The bulk of the things that have come to the museum, it's literally been folks coming in through the door saying, hey, I have this thing. Do you want it? And we go, well, what is it? You know, show us pictures. Show us what you got. 
And it's, it's just been truly incredible community involvement that has helped the museum grow. Uh, like I said a little bit earlier, we started with 42 airplanes and about four cars. And now we're up to 400 of them and everything has been donated to us. Uh, it's come to us as projects. It's come to us fully restored um, and every, every shape therein in between. And we've made sure to keep it up, to keep it going so people can experience it. I mean, a lot of folks out there today, they don't have access to a Model T. They don't have the garage space for a muscle car, even if they really wanted one. Um, so being able to come to a museum and experience that kind of stuff, I mean, we're not a musty, dusty kind of place. We're an active, thriving, living history museum. You are to all appearances. I can't wait to get there myself. And just the surrounding territory is so beautiful. Anyway, you have a great location there, Stephanie. Let's do a couple of things. Let's get it out to the folks, your website, so they can research for research it for themselves and make plans to come visit you. And then also tell us about upcoming events. I think you've got something going on this weekend, for example. Yes, we do. So we do events on the second Saturday of every month. It just so happens the second Saturday is tomorrow, July 8th. Uh, we've got our annual car show fundraiser. Uh, and that's going to be extra fun to visit. But if you can't make it to the car show, like I said, once a month on the second Saturdays, when we open up those hangar doors, fly and drive the collection. The annual Hood River Flying is our biggest fundraiser of the year. That's always the weekend after Labor Day. Uh, a lot of people ask, you know, what is a fly-in? Well, think of a car show, but instead of cars, it's airplanes instead. So you get to see all of the museum and all the fun visiting things as well. Uh, if you want to take a look at some of the action ahead of time, our website is the uh, W-A-A-A Museum. So there's three A's in there now. Then the word museum.org. And of course, you can always give us a telephone call at 541-308-1600. Go ahead and give that number again, please. Sure. It's 541-308-1600. And as we look a little deeper into the year here in our last minute, what are other events you plan and are they different in kind or do you have your evergreen projects? Uh, so most of them fall under the banner of our second Saturdays, which we do all year long. But in the summertime, we do other fun things like Model T driving school. You get behind the wheel of a Model T. Uh, we drive through the decades in another one of our classes. Uh, where you get to drive cars from the 30s, 40s, and 50s uh, to kind of get a flavor of those auto changes, too. So Beautiful. there's just all kinds of action here going on at WAM. I have gotten that message from you today, and so, too, have our listeners. Stephanie Hatch, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. I hope we meet up soon. Our pleasure. And it was our pleasure to have you with us, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for tuning in to American Road Trip Talk, along with Thomas and Becky Rep, co-founders of American Road Magazine. We remind you to visit our website, AmericanRoadMagazine.com, to preview the current issue. Until next time, dream well and drive safely on the American Road. Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days, and I'm so excited to tell you about American Road. It is the best car travel magazine in the world. They have the most fantastic adventures detailed in each magazine with all your itinerary. We could just jump in the car with your family and have the most fabulous adventures you've ever had in your life. Please get a copy of American Road and start your own adventure.